You are listening to This is Oklahoma, hosted by Mike Hearn, telling stories of Oklahomans and those that have made it their home. This podcast is presented by the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, telling Oklahoma stories through its people since 1927. Follow them online at oklahomahof.com and definitely on Instagram at oklahomahof. Let's get into today's episode. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of This is Oklahoma. Mike Hearn here, your host, back with another episode down at the Oklahoma Hall of Fame today. You may hear some things around. There are kids in the building having a great time running around upstairs. But my guest today is Rachel Gruntmeyer from Black Skintilla, which I had no idea what that mean, means, and I can't wait to hear about it. But I know you are more than just the store that you have and the employees you have and, and all of the relationships you have because... I know everybody I seem to speak to is like, oh, we love Rachel. I'm like, well, that's a good reason to have you on the podcast to share your Oklahoma story. So thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. We need to find out who you've been talking to. That's nice. <laughs> <laughs> the people around the Midtown area. Okay, I think. Great. And I think when I was come, when I was telling the girls here who I was interviewing today, they said um, we've never met Rachel, but she always donates to our Born and Brood stuff. Yeah. So we appreciate that as well. That was actually the last time I was here was for that event. Was Almost a year ago. Yeah, it was the outdoor was event. so good, right? It was great. The yeah. weather was great. The food was amazing. Entertainment, prizes. It was wonderful. Yeah, we had a really good time. It's still going to be outside. That was the first time they did it outside because mm-hmm. of COVID, sure. obviously, because um, everything's related to COVID now. But I think going forward, this year's one's actually going to be outside as well because it was so much fun. It was great. So, and I yeah. think it's in September maybe, but not too hot, I believe, maybe. Yeah. I should probably check that. I'll put it in the link description yeah. for people who are interested in coming to Born and Brood because you can pay, whoops, not going to camera you can pay a certain amount and drink and eat as much as you want which for young professionals that is ticking a lot of boxes absolutely right? if you're on a budget that's the way to go exactly. and it helps other people yes it does so yeah. let's talk about you what kind of when people say to you um you know what do you do what do you tell them oh god that is such a hard question uh, and sometimes it honestly varies in the setting um so yes, I own the Black Scintilla in Midtown. Um, in addition to that, I also do a lot of creative work. I also have another business called Coruscate Creative. And so mm-hmm. with that one, I do anything from interior design um, to large interactive um, full immersion yeah. installations. The last one I did was for 21C. I did the Palm Lounge in there. Okay. So anything creative, um, that's, yeah, I grew up always doing creative stuff yeah. and it's just kind of spilled over to every facet of my life. So if you if people would have known you from school growing up, they would have thought, yeah, she's Rachel's right in her place. We would have probably seen her being a designer and then having a store as well, or not? Um, gosh, that's hard. I think so, yeah. I started really doing larger scale creative things when I was about 14. I painted my entire room Egyptian. I learned how to like write in hieroglyphics. Um, I painted my room to look like an Egyptian tomb and as a mother of a 14-year-old little girl, she was terrified. She was like, why is my daughter painting this to look like a tomb? But it turned out beautifully. And uh, But I gave them a whole presentation. I think kind of from there, people saw like, oh, she's very creative. She's learning. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but it can be a bit much sometimes. I go all into my stuff. That is awesome. Was yeah. that around the time? I mean... One of, I, I hate scary movies, but the, because there is a scene in the Mummy movie where the mummy jumps out and like, it's not a scary movie, but yeah. that shows you how much I hate scary movies. That's all right. Um, 
was did the movie come out after this or was this like I did the this same about time? three years prior to that coming out. Okay. It was very much ahead of the trend. Very yes. much. Yes. <laughs> As a thirteen year old girl I knew. <laughs> well I guess was it just a love of history and um, kind of Egyptian hieroglyphics and artwork and because as a fashion standpoint, right, they're covered in gold and it looks amazing, <sighs> so right? You know, I've and got, if you've watched that, yeah. I've got a snake bracelet on, yeah. yeah. Um, I just remember being in the first or second row of Miss Hallworth's third grade class in Enid, Oklahoma, and learning about, you know, like they would bring in the television on the squeaky car and then unwrap the cord and, you know, one of those TVs with the big bubble on the back. Oh, yeah. I just remember watching the video about the seven wonders of the world and being blown away. And so after it was over, I'm like, oh my God, did you guys see that? Oh my, you know, and people didn't care. Right. And so ever since, and I always kind of stuck in my mind, um, and I grew up watching my parents or my grandparents travel the world and so I think learning about Egypt and then seeing them go there, it's like, oh, you can go to these places. It made it seem tangible. So yeah. I just became obsessed with it from that minute on. Every report I've ever had to do was something Egyptian. Every, you know, project I had to do in school, something Egyptian themed. It was, it's always been that. It still kind of is that way. Yeah. yeah. And have you been yet? I did go. Yes. Yeah. It's been about three years and I hope to go back next year. Yeah. Did you, I mean, how was the trip? Was it, did it live up to the expectations? It was better than I ever thought. Really? And that's, I was scared to go because, you know, you've waited 28 years to do something. And I was like, oh, it's not going to live up to the expectation. Right. I'm going to be disappointed. And it was way better. It was beyond anything I'd ever hoped to, to experience. Yeah, because you good. hear all the horror stories, right? It's dangerous yeah. there. You need to take an armed guard with you, yeah. blah, 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 blah. You Which know, don't get kidnapped. never once did of I ever not. feel insecure. Yeah. So it's extremely safe. The people there are so lovely, so hospitable. Every person I would meet, they just genuinely cared. Are you having a good time? Do you need anything? Um lovely, beautiful culture. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Yeah. So back to growing up in Enid, um, family moved, last name's obviously not from here. Correct. Anything to do with the Air Force in Enid? Um, No, we, I was born in Colorado and then my parents moved us to Enid for my dad to take a better job. Yeah. And yeah, so no exciting story behind that one. Yeah. So, so then growing up, you kind of, you grew up in Enid and then it's time to, you know, like I said, after painting the bedroom and being artistic, you think, I need to go to university. Mm-hmm. And then you didn't want to travel outside of state? Um, I wanted to. Yeah. But my mom really didn't want me to. Um, and so there was a lot of, you know, wishes with my mom and parents at the time. So I stayed here. My brother was at OSU at the time. And so that was just kind of an easy transition. Mm-hmm. I went to there for a couple of years and got a marketing degree. And then um, when I when I went to OSU at the time, again, I was I didn't really know what I wanted to do when I got to school. Right. I just, I think that's hard about being a creative. You love everything. So mm-hmm. how do you pick one thing at the age of 18? You now, now all of a sudden have to decide what to do with your life. Right. So... I uh, was interning at Coles Gardens at the time to be a wedding planner. And this was before the wedding planner J-Lo movie. Um, but they didn't know what to do with me at OSU. They had nothing in that program. And so they stuck me in the um, oh hospitality, you know, college yeah. there, which was great. <laughs> yeah. Learned a lot, but I still, like, wasn't really finding what I wanted to do. Um, so that's why I switched over, got my marketing degree, and then moved to the city found out about interior design and um, went to UCO for interior design and also got a bachelor of um, history of 
art history. Gosh, yeah. I can't speak. Uh, so I got my art history design there as well. So just to kind of like scratch that itch then of history. Like, yeah. While I'm here, why not? Yeah. Yeah. So net. Because you've taken on the art history thing, it seems most people don't do like that, right? They they go yeah. from university, they see that they're gonna do, you know, the degree that they want, they move into that, and then I assume it came really easy to you doing what you wanted to do in the interior design world, and then opened up. Oh, why don't I just do this as well? Because probably the interior design world thing didn't seem like work. And it's so interesting about interior design because going in, you kind of think. It's just one thing, creating beautiful spaces. But once you get in there, you realize there's so many different paths you can take in it. Um, like we have to do CAD. My brother's an engineer and he's on CAD all the time. So he was blown away that like all these girls are using CAD. I'm like, yeah, we're not just fluffing pillows and putting fringe on things. Um, Too many pillows. Yes. Yeah. So, and you know, you can be a rep, you can spec things. There's, it's, it was so diverse. And I think that's why I really enjoyed that mm-hmm. too. And you can always switch and kind of move. Um, and I loved how technical things were. I loved the yeah. CAD aspect of it. Um, really very little time was spent on creating pretty things. There's so much that's spent on electrical and HVAC and reflected ceiling plans. And um, it was nothing I thought it was going to be getting into it, but it was a really tough challenge. And I really enjoyed that. I'm sure mom and dad at this point are happy that you've kind of found your thing. Yeah. Right. Because that's like, I I was the same way when I came to the States and Mm -hmm. I I started in school. I was like, I'll just do business because it seems like the easy thing to do. And then I found marketing was really enjoyable. So I switched to that. But you know, it's, and even when people graduate, like even now, it's one thing I realize and I tell people, you know, I'm, I'm 31 and I'm like, I still roughly don't know what I want to do with the rest of my life. Yes. I'm just kind of cruising and keeping yes. things going right now and feeding my dogs and keeping the, you know, yeah. keeping the wheels turning and the lights on. Yep. Uh, so yeah, I keep telling people that like, it's, don't worry if you don't know yeah. what you want to do, you'll figure it out. Um, and it sounds like you did too, right? Because you tried a bunch of different things. Yeah, and I feel like I'm still trying a bunch of things. Yeah. And, you know, I feel like I still don't know what I'm doing. I still feel like I don't know what I want to be when I grow up. Um, and that used to kind of scare me. You know, you just, you felt so much pressure to do one thing. But I kind of think that's the beauty of life. You're always learning and evolving. And there's so many different things out there. I just want to try them all. And right. I think everything I do will always be based somewhat around creativity. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, there's there's just so much to explore and learn and try. Yeah. So you graduate UCO, mm-hmm. and do you have an internship lined up? Do you ready to go? Like, what, what where do you go from there? Um. So I did have an internship lined up. I'm trying to think, it, it was oh, I know where it was at. Jeez, um, it was at Catch Design Center. Mm-hmm on 40th and Western, which I'm still really great friends with the owners. I just texted Ronnie the other day. Um, and that was so incredible because, you know, what you learn in the books is drastically different than working with people, real life scenarios, specking product, is this in stock? Um, so that's, that kind of like, you know, awoken everything for me of like, oh, we're really doing this. Um, but I was working with them, I think about four years before I graduated. So I started with them very young, worked together the whole time. I still shop with them, do business with them. Um, and then after I graduated, I went on and worked at IO Metro, which is no longer there. It was up in Edmond. Um, but I was there in tier designer a couple of years. I can't remember how long that was. Um, so yeah, again, working with people and putting, you know, what I've learned into work. Mm-hmm. And at this time, are you kind of, do you, being a creative, you have stuff going on the side that you're like, one day I'm going to do this and that your side projects and just kind of, you're not just doing one thing, right? Correct. 
I don't know if I will ever just do one. My brain Same. is always somewhere. Um, but yeah, even when I was there, I was, you know, I had my design clients, but I would still do like wedding planning for friends or, you know, party planning for somebody over here, sewing drapes for someone else. I would still work a little bit with catch. Um, I think I'll kind of always be working a little bit too much for myself, but it's, it's still fun. But so, so you mentioned you have an older brother as well, mm -hmm. right? So it's just you and your older brother Correct. and mum and dad, are they still in Enid at this they time? Are. Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. I love, I love, like that reminds me of back home because people yeah. move around too much here. Um, but I'm in the business, so I kind of get paid from it. Good. Uh, <laughs> anyway, small plug people. If you're listening, I do sell houses. Oh, nice. Um, <laughs> Which I don't really talk about it much, actually, because of that reason, because I just don't want to. But sure. um, I love Enid. I always tell people I always go to the Flamingo, the, the Flamingo get a hamburger Lounge. and play yeah. golf a day a couple of times, um, which I was very surprised how good the golf country club is out there. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's great. But so your brother's in the engineer world. Mm -hmm. You're in the design world. Um, do you guys ever mix and work together on certain things or not? We never have. Um you know, we're so different. He's very quiet and type A yeah. and left brain. And I have a pretty good mix of both, but um, also his engineering, he works for the FAA uh -huh. and I don't, you know, I'll ask him, how's work going? And it's smart people stuff to where I'm like, I don't really know what he's doing. I'm just being polite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I care about what he's doing and he does really well. Pretty sure he loves his job. Um, but yeah, I know he works on radar systems and fixes. It is smart people stuff. It is very well beyond my realm. So, I'm good sure luck, Josh. Mom, mom and dad that. are proud. That's all that matters, yes, right? Yes, yes, exactly. So you're working at an interior design firm, and you're still being creative. You're still doing wedding planning. You're planning parties. You're, you're scratching the creative itch. Where, like, how do we go from there to opening your own store and just wanting to kind of be a small business owner? Um, I don't know if I ever wanted to do that. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> <clears throat> when everybody asks, like, oh, did you always want to do this? I feel bad because, no, I never really did. And I don't have this beautiful, like, epiphany sort of, Yeah. you know, all this, like, this led me to this. Um, it's kind of one of those things. I lived in Oklahoma for so long that I knew I always wanted to move and do something else. And I feel like a lot of Oklahomans get that feeling. Yeah. Um, Ended up moving out of state. I had some friends that were living in Vegas, which don't judge me for living in Vegas. No, I was never a showgirl. No, I never lived on the strip. Like, nothing crazy. Um, Let's get rid of all those cliches yeah, right now. It was really hot. It was dry. I did not enjoy my time there. And I have no plans to go back. Um, so you had a friend in Vegas. And you're like, yeah. I'm just going to go. I'm just going to go. And I told myself that on like August 1st, I went in and told my boss, hey, I'm leaving by the end of the month. I owned my condo at the time. I leased it out, you know, rented it out to somebody. And by the end of the month, I was gone. Yeah. Um, and when I just like make these choices, they just happen. So I moved out there and um, she and I started a business together, similar to what I'm doing now. We did that for a couple of years. And then... After being there, it was just, this is not my people. This is not my place. Yeah. Very, I mean, I still have a couple of good friends that live there. Um, but it was not my cup of tea <laughs> at all. And I think had I really researched it and delved into it, I never would have gone right. there. Mm -hmm. So maybe it's a good thing that I never looked into that. But I realized 
I wanted to come back here. Um, I have two nieces. Well, I have two nieces and a nephew. But at the time, I had two nieces. I'm like, I want to be around them while they're still little. And so, again, it was like December 1st. And I was like, okay, bye. You know, the end of December, I'm going to go out. I'm going to move back here. So I contacted a um, real estate agent. And um, on one of my visits back, he showed me three places. And I went to lunch. And at lunch, I decided, okay, it's place number two. Called him or texted him and said, okay, I went this place. He was like, oh, you're, and I was like, yep, I'm ready to do this. So I um, worked from the, with my CPA and January 1st, we filed all the paperwork. And I think I signed my lease. Yeah, I signed it on my birthday. So February 17th. Yeah. And then I opened the store in that location that we're still at now um, on April 7th. So yeah, from like and December 1 to April 7th, Got it all done. That's awesome. And yeah. at this time, like Midtown obviously was not, not what it is today. Yeah. Um, what was the, I mean, what, take me through like the location decision and why not go anywhere else. And Because I guess sure. probably wasn't that many options other than just your average strip mall somewhere. Yeah. Like this was like, I mean, yeah, there probably wasn't anything that really stood out. But still, Midtown probably didn't stand out too much. It really didn't. Um, when I thought about moving back, I knew I wanted it to be a local establishment, no mall. I've never been a big mall person anyways. And this will shock a lot of people. I'm not a big shopper myself. I just like, I just stick to what I know. Like Online, I, good to go. I mean, I, I don't really shop online. Do you online, shop like a guy then? I know uh, what I need. I'm in straight in and out. Yeah, yeah. I go straight in and out. Yeah. Like the one pair of shoes I have on now, I've ruined the second pair identical to this that I had like for 14 years. Yeah. I went back and bought mm -hmm. the same shoe. Like. I just stick you think, to things. Why didn't you buy three pairs at once? I know. Right? I, I like classic pieces for me. I just yeah. spending all of the time to go shopping, and I've never been the girl that's like I go shopping to relieve stress, or it's never been a social thing for me. Mm -hmm. I dread it. I'm taller, so it's hard to find things that are long. I just yeah. Maybe if I had a ton of money, I would enjoy. I don't <laughs> right. know. Yeah. It's just never been my thing. Um, but when looking to come back here, you know, I did you know ask some, something on Facebook of like, hey where are the hot spots? Like where are people building little bubbles, little districts? And it was so mixed at the yeah. time, even seven years ago, seven and a half years ago, I guess, districts were not like they are now. We still had some of it, but they weren't so clearly defined. Like we know Midtown and Paseo and Plaza. Yeah. Um, I've always loved downtown. I've lived downtown before. And so I think that's what kind of drew me to it. I wanted something that would also be close to travelers, uh, to tourists, and also easy access to the highway. Mm -hmm. So you can be centrally located and still kind of serve a wider community with people being able to get to you easily. And something just drew me to Midtown. And once I like have that vision, I just kind of go with it. Um, so it was just kind of a gut instinct of you should be in Midtown. Yeah. How was that? I mean, last kind of seven and a half years. I mean, I know you're very involved with the Midtown district. Like, was, yeah. were you involved from day one or did someone come to you and say, hey, like, we'd love for you. Like, how does that relationship build with sure. being a business? Obviously, you're a business owner, so you qualify for that. But how does that kind of, because that's not creative, is it? It's like, you know, it's, it's hey, yeah. this is our community now. I want to take yeah. care of it. You know, does someone come to you and invite you or do you just go to them? Um, I'm very much when I see a problem, I got to go fix it. 
Um, I'm an Enneagram 8. Mm -hmm. And so when I got into Midtown, you know, Terps and Cheers was there. Trade was there. Bailey, my neighbor, the dentist, was there. And there was Stella, you know, um, the ambassador, McNelly's. That was, and of course, Brown's Bakery and Kaiser's and Go-Go Sushi. There wasn't really anything else. Kaiser's never open. It's not, I don't know what's going on. People ask me, I'm like, I don't know. Every it's time really I drive cute. by, it's never open. I don't, are they open? It's one of Midtown's mysteries. It's a very big mystery. I used to keep up with it, and now there's too yeah. many other things going on. Yeah. So um, there wasn't a lot when you moved in then? There wasn't. Yeah. And on one hand, that's good because there's a lot of opportunity mm-hmm. to get in first and for growth. On the other hand, that's so scary because you're risking what if this area doesn't grow. Right. Um, but when I got in there... I just saw that there wasn't a lot of unity. People didn't really know what was going on and business owners weren't really connected to each other. And so um, Susan Crop, who owned Herbs and Cheers at the time, we became great friends and we decided, okay, we need to kind of get people together. Um, so we also decided we need an event. You know, like Paseo has their monthly events. Plaza does awesome with all of their events. Midtown didn't really have anything. And so we decided we need something that brings in not just customers, but people from our surrounding neighborhood. Like they don't know we're here and we're walkable to them. So how do we get ourselves in front of them? That's also not just an ad mm-hmm. in, you know, magazines. Like we want it to be personable and that's what small businesses are about. We want close relationships. So we decided to create Midtown Walkabout. And I mean, this was something so grassroots. I got the vinyl stuff and this was before crickets. So I would trace what I wanted on there. I cut it all out. I ironed it on there and I made these glittery shirts. I still have mine. I think Susan still has hers. We made flyers. Downtown OKC started to get involved. They're like, wait, what are you doing? So I was telling them about it. They were helping us get the event set up. And I mean, I went door to door to every business. Hey, this is what we want you to do. I went to all of our news stations. I reached out to Joey and Heather in the morning. I'm friends with those guys. I mean, I went everywhere that we could um, and put flyers up everywhere just to bring people in. And it would, the event is not about sales. It's just about a good old fashioned neighborhood block party. Mm-hmm. And to date, it's still one of our best events in Midtown. And that's what brings in community and connection. Yeah. And so I still do everything like that. Anytime somebody is new into Midtown, they're like, go see Rachel. She'll, she'll get you connected. So it's like, oh, we need you to join this private Facebook group for business owners. Join ISA. Um, you know, this is how we get you connected. Here's my phone number if you need anything. Yeah. Um, I try to always post about new businesses moving in because that also creates community and it brings people together. And that's always been one thing for me um, as other women's clothing stores and boutiques started to move in, you'll be like, oh my gosh, this is happening. I'm like, no, this is great. It's comp- it's community over competition. Mm-hmm. And we really do view each other as friends. Like these are my fellow business owner family. And um, I think a lot of people do feel that when they're here. Yeah. Yeah. And now Midtown is a thriving location to do yeah. pretty much anything you want to do. Everything is right? here. Like- yep. You know, like, you know, now I went, I go to breakfast in, in Neighborhood Jam yeah, at okay. least once a week. Yeah. Um, you know, and then I, I was parked kind of right by Hacienda Tacos and there's always new, you know, there's new business coming in there, yep. you know, like the, the eye store and all the other stuff. And, and then I've been down to um, St. Paddy's Day when <laughs> McNally's kind yep. of shut the entire, which is right across the street from you guys. Love them. Yeah. Which is, I'm sure that first uh, St. Paddy's Day for you was like. Okay. What are we doing? The streets closed. <laughs> but they do such an awesome job. Oh, it's amazing. 
Yeah, it's... And even just having McNelly's there, they're such awesome neighbors. People have asked me about that. Like, does it hurt your business? I'm like, no, they, they yeah. care about how this affects neighboring businesses mm-hmm. and they'll reach out if things get a little weird, but we've never had problems with them. And they're just wonderful, yeah. wonderful group of people that own that. Well, and then further up, you've got, obviously plants came in, yeah. right? The girls did that. And then you yeah. got insomnia cookies across the street. Yeah. And then Tim from Not Your Average Joe's, which who I love. Yep. Tim's awesome. And they're, they're, awesome. they're amazing. And then you have like the, you've got the apartments moving in around you. Yep. So it's just kind of like become this this location and then also you got you know office clothing blue garden sure. halls pizza like all this kind of ties in and then that ties you to automobile alley which is yeah i mean not that americans like to walk very far but it's close That's enough true. yes know? yes <laughs> like, like parking's good down here you got yeah. breweries down here you know yeah. it's uh it's a fun place to be and it's a great yes. place for me to when i bring you know bring friends, clients, people from out of town, and like, where do you want to go? Yeah. You know, and then, I mean, you've got element, ele, Elemental down the street yeah. too. So I yeah. love those guys. They're awesome. There's um, so much diversity in so Midtown. Much. And I think that's why it's kind of, I mean, not to be biased, but it is my favorite district because you've got service industry. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, we've got Bailey, who's a great dentist. We've got Midtown Optical. We've got so many different things to where if yeah. you're living right here, you really can walk you know you don't have to do a lot of driving to get places and that's a beautiful thing it's safe it's clean it's friendly it's all that great stuff so other than the community as a business owner then as a store how was that received because you know with women's clothing and all the other cool stuff that you sell like how was that received in the first couple of years and i mean you're still here so it must be thriving Uh, thriving scares me we're like oh you're so successful i would say define success um, Keeping the lights on. The lights are on, especially, uh, you know, everybody yeah. within the last two years. But yes, I do sometimes have to stop and be like, okay, things are fine. Um, and I think as a business owner, you're always trying to like get to that next always. step. So sometimes it's hard to appreciate how far you've come. Um, but yes, I think we're, I think we're doing good. Knock on wood. Um, it's been so wonderful learning a lot, you know, you start out the business hoping that people like your stuff and isn't buying. And then you have to really kind of pay attention. What do we need to change? And so I started out, I've always carried women's sizes, small through 3XL. Mm-hmm. And I have a couple lines I can get up to 6X in. But I also started with men's clothing too. And I realized very quickly, like, it's, those are night and day shopping for men's and women's and really you need more area to get all the stuff for men. So I kind of got rid of the men's stuff within a year, year and a half, and then expanded because I was hearing so much feedback about women not being able to find their sizes. I mean, I think the clothing industry in general, sizes are just across the board. There's no standard, but then for women, especially, um, it's not, the industry is not geared towards anything over, you know, like a size eight or a size large. So hearing that just breaks my heart for any woman. Mm-hmm. I don't care if I know you, you're my best friend. Like women should always, anybody should feel great about themselves. And so I kind of got rid of my men's section and just expanded all my plus sizing because that's that just became a passion of mine that I didn't really expect to happen. But there was no one else that was selling that. And there still really is not. There's a couple more stores that have been carrying more sizes. Um, But it's very rare to find a shop that is selling, you know, small through 3X in everything that they're doing, which I still struggle finding all of those things. And then, of course, with COVID and other manufacturers closing, it's become harder. But that's just something I'll never get rid of. It's it is heartbreaking how many times a week yeah. somebody says, thank you for having my size. And like, they feel so loved and appreciated. And that's just, it's great for me. It's sad for the, it, you know, it's a right. whole ball of emotions. Yeah. Which it doesn't like, 
it makes it doesn't make any sense it does it doesn't. why they wouldn't carry it right because if you looked at like you know i mean i don't want to go down the rabbit hole of how generally big americans are compared to the rest of the world but sure. the stats would probably tell you that you should sell more clothing yep. in larger sizes and women are the shoppers right? exactly it like, makes no sense from my, a marketing standpoint my, my parents were just here and my dad comes out with an empty suitcase and yeah. you know he is like i would say an average 60 year old man and he loves coming here because everything fits him across his shoulders oh yeah and like and it's not like drowning him you yeah know? yeah uh, which drove my mum nuts, which is kind of funny. <laughs> but, you know, it, it's, it just makes sense. And you think, yes. well, like, now I've realized this. Now I can create, you know, a, a nice, comfortable place for people to come yeah. shop, right? Yeah. Because then there's that part of kind of the insecurity. I can't find my size. It makes me feel bad, you know? Like, yep. you could go into that whole side of it, for which sure. is a real thing. Yeah. But, you know, when you create a space that people love to come to and, you know, you and your employees are smiling, bubbly faces, yeah. then, you know, people are going to return. That's the goal, yeah. isn't it? So it's get the people, goal. You know, get people to come back. Yeah, of course. So that's really cool. Yeah, thank you. So when does, you're doing all this, mm -hmm. when does your other business start up with the creative side? Um, that kind of happens at night. Um I sleep a little, although I've been working on sleeping more these past several months, but I just kind of squeeze that in here and there. I have an amazing girl in the store right now holding the fort down, so I'm able to do my passion projects a little bit more these days. Um, but there's just something about, like, I just have to do that. It's yeah. my creative release. Um, I think I also get that through the window displays. I've also kind of become known for that, and I love a good window display so much. Um, so that's always been really fun. And just to hear people say, you know, like, oh, I work at St. Anthony's and every morning I drive by and see like, what are you doing? What are you making now? So it's, it's fun. It gets people excited yeah. and it also brings people in, you know, cause if you're walking by and you're like, oh, what is this? Mm -hmm. Yes. Come in, come check it out. It kind of helps break that barrier a little right. bit. So always being creative, obviously is something that's a reoccurring theme and always staying busy and can't turn your brain off just cause you don't sleep much. Correct. But so I guess the creative side of things just turned into its own separate business away from you doing wedding planning and stuff. It's like, oh, now people start asking me more and more. I may yeah. as well start a business. Yeah. And then it just probably snowballs out of just the fact that you've done it and word of mouth passes and you're yeah. not actively like, hey, I do this. It's yeah. like, oh, Rachel's great at this. Hire her. Call her. Yeah. Yes. I get a lot of that like you know, somebody reaches out to me and they're like, oh, Kent told me about you. And I'm like, oh, great. So it's, it Kent is, again? yeah, <laughs> huh, what? That's uh, which it's always so flattering to, you know, get that phone call of somebody's recommended yeah. you, but it is, it's, it's a good thing. Cause I am kind of to the point where I get to choose the projects I want. Mm -hmm. And I know that's really hard to get there for a lot of people. Yeah. So I've had to kind of force myself to do that too, because I say yes to everybody. Um, but so now I'm trying to like tame that down a little bit and focus on the projects that really mean something. Yeah. Well, yeah. so 21C is obviously, that's <sighs> a big project. God, that was incredible. Right? That was a, um, they were renovating Marietti's lounge yeah. and I get this email and I thought it was, or no, I guess Melanie called, left me a voicemail and I thought it was a joke. Like, Oh, they've called the wrong person. I'll call her back and, you know, connect her to somebody that she's mm -hmm. actually looking for. And no, they were looking for me. And so set up a meeting, came in and met with them. And that was one, I think we met on a Monday and I did a presentation to show them everything on like that Thursday. They were moving very quick. Um, 
which again, I'm kind of glutton for punishment. Like I love, I don't know if I love, I'm just drawn. I don't know what it is yeah. to big projects. I love a good challenge, I guess. Easy stuff bores me. Um, so this was a massive undertaking. They, while they were renovating Mary Eddy's, they wanted to transform that round room, mm-hmm. one of their galleries, into a full immersive experience for their new dining area yeah. while that one's getting renovated. And so I wish I would have counted how many hours, but made it into this uh, like rainforest tropical theme. And it was such an incredible project. It was great to work with them. They were so much fun. And then just to see everybody interact with it was was really great. Yeah. Well, to have a space that like, you know, people come into from out yeah. of town or people in town go and have a drink there. And yeah. I mean it's it's cool to be you know, it's great to do things, but to do place to do things in places where a lot of people are gonna yeah. see it, right? And yeah. and just to kinda of have that personal kind of gratification of like, yeah. I did that. Yeah. And even though no, you know, people coming in and passing might not know, you're like but you know, I know. But I know, yeah. right? And then that yeah. gives you the confidence to go on and do something else, especially when you tackle something that's not, you know, at the time, like, this is a project. This is quite yeah. a big deal. You know, it seems a stretch at the time, but then you go on to knock it out of the park. and like, oh, I can do this. I got this. And then you just keep climbing the steps yeah. until you do yeah. something, you know, mega. Yeah. So. It's the goal. And um, that was, I think that was the really cool thing after it was done, having dinner there and, like, taking my brother and his family and my nieces and nephews and his wife there that was so cool to see these tiny kids be like, oh, this is cool. Yeah. I mean, they don't really understand the whole, you know, everything, but they knew that I created it, but it was just like, oh yeah, you know, getting to see it through somebody else's eyes is definitely really cool. Is that side now kind of growing? And then like, now that you've kind of got the platform ready at the store and the employee set up, you know, it kind of, obviously you still got to check in and buy items, but it runs itself. To a to yeah. a certain extent. Sure. Are you planning to re- grow this side more and really like tick the creative box? I think so. It's scary. I'm like fully committed with audio and visual here, marketing it down. Um, I think so. I think it's been something I've been kind of holding back and putting off for a little. Mm-hmm. Just, I mean, there was so much uncertainty, of course, with COVID, and you know, we're still all crawling out of it. Like, yeah. people are still in hospitals. People are still sick. There's still shortages on everything. Um, but it, yeah, I think a lot of it was hiring the right person. My friend that's in there right now, I I hate calling her an employee because she's so much more than that. I've known her since I was 13. She's actually the one that was like, we were running track one day at school and, uh, she was like, you know what you should do running. I'm like, what? She was like, you should paint your room Egyptian. I was like, done. Yeah. So it's Siobhan's fault. Um, So it's really great to work with her. And she actually, um, her background, oddly enough, also interior design. And one day I walked into class at UCO and she was sitting there. And it's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Um, So it's weird how our paths keep crossing. But it's lovely to have her in store because I've known her for so long. I trust her with my life. She's so amazing. My customers love her. She has an amazing sense of style. She's so smart. All the good stuff. Like if you could ever have a dream case scenario of an employee, this would be her. So having her in there has really freed up my time to do more of the creative side. With that being said, though, it's so much harder coming out of COVID. Like there's been, I notice a lot of my business time that I'm working on stuff in the store is finding new products, restocking, because there's been shortages of fabrics. There's one vendor um, I've carried for almost 10 years between living in Vegas and here, and they've been out of fabric. So I've not been carried the one, I've not been able to carry the one dress that's like my staple for months in the color green that I need. Um, So it's, 
there's so much more time now spent problem solving. And then there's also this thing called Instagram and Reels and social media. And I personally am not a big social media person. If I never had to do it again, I'd love that. Yeah. So I'm like an old Nina over here. Like I need to get some readers on and learn how to do Reels. Um, so a lot of my time is now shifted from physically being in the store and stalking to just social media and problem solving. It's, yeah. it's insane, but... Which that Here kind of like, I mean, I kind of a little bit surprised that like, I think if you, with your creative side, if you were to kind of designate a full on day to like learning all the trends and, and getting into the whole reels thing, I think you'd be really good at it because you'd have so much fun with it. But right I now you just, might just see it as a burden. It's just like, well, I have to do this amongst a million other things, and that's, right? Like that's yeah. the hard part is you can't yeah. separate it and say, I've got to donate a day to this. Yeah but I also have a mountain of other stuff going yeah. on. There's always, it's like what crocodile is closest to the boat. We got to hit that yeah. one first. And so for the first, for the past couple of months, it was very much, that was just another thing to do. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I think it was just last week. I was like, okay, Rachel, we're going to sit down and we're going to research, you know, we're going to watch YouTube videos. We're going to try out all the things. Um, because it's also very expensive to hire somebody just very, to do that. Yeah, yeah. Very. We're still small business. Um, so, I've been getting better at it. And one of my reels hit 10,000 or views. I was yeah. going to say followers yesterday. And so I'm like, okay, I can do this. And so now that I'm exploring it, I was just messaging with Siobhan about that this morning of like, okay, I'm shifting my mindset now from dreading this to, this is a creative challenge. So just kind of like 21 C that was a big feat I took on, but I could do it. And I yeah. did it better than I thought. I'm like, okay, I can kill it with this. So I'm trying to get like the game face on some more paint I also just hate sitting on my computer on my phone all day. Like, yeah. I think that's a big part for me. So right. I'll go on walks or do something while I'm watching videos so I can maybe get out some ADD mm -hmm. energy. I, I, don't, yeah. I don't know. Well, and it's hard. It's hard to track it, right? Yeah. Because, like, you know, it's hard to justify spending a day on it. And then, you know, you could post three videos and one of them does really well and the other yep. three don't. Yep. Um, but, you know, it's, it's kind of having that, okay, like if I consistency with all, everything, mm -hmm. right, if I do this a lot, it'll be, it'll get there. And all I yeah. need is one or two videos to kind of blow up a little yeah. bit and people will see me and then come, they might come to the store. But you've got to, it's hard, isn't it, to justify it? Because if that person comes yeah. to the store and without you asking them, they might just randomly say, oh, I saw this on Instagram or TikTok. Yeah. You're like, oh, now it makes sense. Okay. But you've got to ask them to, yes. you've got to bring it out of them because yes. not everyone's going to say, you know, it's, and when you're having an interaction you know, selling an item, you don't want to really be like, so why are you so here why? again? Yeah. You know, like it's don't kind of a fine those. line between yeah. being the salesperson and being the data driven person. Yep. Right. Yeah. So that's, and then with the social media, it's always changing. I mean, you've got, you know, different sound clips that you've always kind of like got to mm -hmm. keep up with or different trends and mark my word, I will never dance in a video. Like that is just <sighs> never going to be my thing. <laughs> uh, more bit. power to the people that do it, the yeah. hopping around and stuff. No, yeah. I, I can't. I just, I, I don't love being in front of a camera anyways, but yeah. no. It's funny. The, the girls at the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, um, their social media has got, has increased uh, very recently. In, okay. And they've hired a bunch of interns from OCU. And yeah. the interns are very good at the it. The interns love it. But it's funny because they, the interns, have, have, they have full trust from everybody else that works here. So yeah. if you look at the Oklahoma Hall of Fame social media, um, 
at Oklahoma HOF, you can see everybody who works here is dancing at some point. Or they're part of a video. And like, sure, so sure. So it's great to hear from, I, I said, you know, reels look great. And they're like, yeah, we, they've got us kind of doing things that it. maybe we don't want to, but now yeah. they've kind of got into it, right? Yeah. So it's kind of tough to build that, like, team like yeah. this might be ridiculous and nobody else is going to see the edits yep. but the one that we put out is going to look great it's going to be great so that and is I, a huge part of it. i think if i had more people and yeah. more you know a bigger team because right now it's just me and siobhan and she doesn't love doing the you know camera <laughs> stuff too so neither one of us are trying to do it and neither one of us are encouraging each other you know yeah. but i love seeing people do all the dances mm-hmm. and things and people love to watch people being genuine. Right. And I don't want to say making mistakes, but like just having fun with yeah. it. And it doesn't have to be perfect. Right. And I get all of that. That's, that, that, that. I get it. That's the climb, isn't it's it? It's like trying to get that is to say, look, it doesn't have to yeah. be perfect. And even if it was just you coming out the closet, walking towards the camera, doing yes. a twirl, walking back. It can be simple. In 10 different outfits. Yep. People love that stuff. They that's love the it. stuff that you scroll to find the bottom yep. of the internet. And you wait, you know, you haven't gone to bed because it's now midnight. Yeah. You know, so that's like... But it's just this the consistency. But yeah, yes. it is a total mind um, <sighs> mind game and total kind of I don't know black hole of yeah. social media. But it's also not really good for the brain sometimes. I so, know. You know. I guess I just need to get some young interns in there and be like, I'd okay, go, you do go these. Go back to UCO. Yeah, You're I like, need hey, some I interns to come help me yeah. do the funny videos because that that is just yeah. way outside of my wheelhouse. Yeah. Outside of work and business and being creative. What do you do for fun? Like, what I mean, oh, if you oof. have time? What do you do? That is such a hard question. Um, my doctor asked me this last January, and I was like, yeah. "I what, what are your sleep, hobbies? work, yeah. yeah." She was like, "Rachel, you've got to do things for yourself." And I'm still learning about self care and how good that is for you. So I think I'm getting better at that. Um, sleeping is great. Love a good nap. I have two cats. They're great. Yes, I am a cat person-ish. Um, love, love traveling. Yeah. Love food. Um, always kind of planning some new trips, things to do. Always, I always have a list of creative things going. I, right now, I'm working on redoing my niece's bedroom for her tenth birthday, and I mean, it's she wants to be Harry Potter theme. And so my brother and sister-in-law have said, yes, you can do whatever. And we've repainted. I've got all the foam out. I'm cutting things. I actually cut some things this afternoon. I mean, we've gone full on overboard at this point. I've spent the budget and I don't care. I'm just spending all more of my money because I just can't stop once I get this idea. She's going to think you're going to remember this. Oh, she loves it. And like, we're going to build this tree in the corner of her room. And it's, it's also just so fun being creative with kids Mm -hmm. And seeing how they interpret things and what they would do. So, um, doing that. Oh, I have another obsession. I kind of, how did I forget about this? Um, a couple of years ago, Chris, who, you know, tagged me in this video from the Met Opera and I've never, never been an opera person, although I did date an opera guy once, but other than that, I have no, no idea about opera. And, um, they were doing a new opera called Akhenaten, which is Egyptian. So Mm -hmm. I'm like, of course. Of course. I so mean, then, yeah. again, full on committed. So I look at this, it's happening within like the next couple of weeks before Christmas. I'm like, I gotta go. So I go during the middle of a week and this is 10 days out before Akhenaten premieres. And there was this beaded Egyptian collar necklace that I had seen online years prior. And I was like, what are you going to wear when you go to the Met? It's gotta yeah. be great. So I find this and I was like, I'm just going to make this real quick. And I had no employees at the time. I mean, the store was four years old. It's getting close to Christmas. And I worked around the clock, 
sleeping about three or four hours a night, was on the plane to New York, still doing my beating, got to my friend's house. I should be changing to go to the Met and I'm still finishing this beating. I mean, I'm on the plane, I'm at, I'm everywhere, just doing all the beads. And I finished making this incredible Egyptian collar necklace. And I was like, that, it was just, there's so, it's so gratifying. Like nobody knows I made it, but it just feels good. So I made one again a couple weeks ago because yeah. the Met brought Akhenaten back. I can't wear the same necklace. So I was like, gotta make it. So now this new one I made was solid gold. I mean, I just, again, punishing myself. I yeah. think I spent about a hundred hours on this necklace within one week, made it. And it was so incredible. So and nobody else has that. No, right? no one That's else does. It, it feels so good. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I just enjoy weird things like that. Mm. Jigsaw puzzles, tedious little things that, I mean, a lot of people enjoy jigsaw puzzles, but the necklace is something that people are like, yeah. you've lost your mind. And I've got plans to make a thousand more beaded things. Yeah. So, yeah. It also makes sense that you're a cat. You have two cats. Because if you had two dogs, they wouldn't be able to keep up with the dogs. Because yeah. cats can take care of themselves. They can take care of themselves. I've got even a, a, a motorized litter box. Like, I don't have time to clean that yeah. when I'm beating. So, yeah. What are your cats' names? Oliver and Pizza Cat. Pizza Cat. <laughs> Is there a story there? He, somebody just started calling him Pizza Cat. It stuck. I thought it was funny. Um, I take him to Midtown Vets, and every time I go, they're like, checking in for Pizza Cat? And I'm like, oh. <laughs> The new employee of Midtown Vets is like, excuse Wait, me? Wait, what? Yeah. All the, yeah. All the local, all the, all the people that have been there for a while, like, oh, yeah, it's fine. It's, it's Rachel's It's cat. fine. It's, and he's just as weird as the name. He's absolutely insane, which I kind of love. Keeps yeah. you on your toes, for sure. Pretty standard-looking cat, or did you go exotic? No, no, no. I always adopt. I usually foster kittens, and okay. so when I do the fostering, I always take them to the store because, number one, who doesn't love a kitten? Of course. So people come in and just come and get your kitten therapy. Yeah. Um, but he, I think that was like my fourth litter I fostered. And then I also love to take them to the store so hopefully we can find foster families so they don't have to go back right. to the adoption. Um, like selling cats as well. I'm not, so, not selling you. Yeah, we're... we're Everything's on yeah, offer here. Yeah. Absolutely. Cats too. Um, and he just kind of stuck. He was just such a funny, honorary little guy. And, and, oh, Chirps and Cheers, my neighboring store, they adopted his brother. And then a friend of mine adopted his sister. And then so the last fourth kitten out of this uh, litter did end up going back to the adoption center, but he got adopted that day. So, yeah. yeah. That's awesome. I know. Why not add some more chaos? Yeah. There's a lot going on. There's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. But it's fun. Uh, Rounding down, I guess, what do you wish you could do that you don't have time for other than travel Mm. the world? Like, what are the things that you're like, like your doctor's like, you should probably do something else or like stuff that stands out that you think, if only I had more time. I I mean, there's always more goals for the store. Um, There's always like website things I want to work on and adding to it. Um, You know, like there's always something I'm trying to better with the store, even just learning, you know, better social media. Um, Outside of work, though, spending more time with my nieces and nephews. It's so great. They love crafty things. And my sister-in-law says she's not crafty. So it's, it's great being able to like be that component. Yeah. So I think it'd be, I always come up with these ideas of like, I would love to have like a summer if we just do crafts all summer. Um, so yeah, it would be definitely more creative things, even probably just for my house and more traveling. Who doesn't want to travel more, right. more cooking. Yeah. Big cook as well. 
no, not really. Just because no, I don't have time. It. I mean, yeah. I can. Right. I just don't have time. But it's, it's a passion. I don't know if I'd go that far, no. Mike. I enjoy it to a certain extent. But yeah, I think I would enjoy it more if I just had the time to get into it sure. more. But I've also kind of like don't take on another new thing to learn right now yeah. to like delve into because that's what I'll do. Does it work as a stress reliever? Kind of. To me, it's kind of more stressful because it's just me. I hate me, cooking. I'm terrible at it. I would, I would burn the house down. Well, it's it's time consuming. Sure. And I'm getting better. My anxiety is getting better about like if I'm not working on something for the store, like that's okay. Yeah. I'm learning that. Um, it used to be just I, I would feel guilty anytime I'm not doing something about the store, mm. or anytime I'm not working on something for the store. So I'm getting better with. Yeah. You, you know, healthy be, boundaries. Yeah. It, you don't want to be like chained to yes. the business, right? Like yeah. It doesn't, as tough as it might be, like it doesn't define you. I'm trying to not let right? it. Yeah. Yeah. Which is not easy. It's hard. It's so hard. You know? Yeah. Because I think about it with the podcast and other things that I do. I'm like, golf was a part of my life and it still is, but it, you know, it's the reason I came to, to the States. But I'm like, I, there was a day when I started the podcast, I wouldn't tell people I played golf. Yeah. And then they'd let them find out and they're like, you're actually pretty good. I was like, kind of, I just don't kind like to talk about it, but it's nice, sure. nice for people not to know. It's nice for me, people to know me yeah. for something else. Right. Yeah. Which I'm sure that can be the same for you as well. It's not that, just you with the store owner. That was one thing taking on the store. I mean, even seven years ago, social media is not what it is now. Sure. And so when I started the store, I was like, oh yeah, I own the store and this is what we do. But then people are like, oh, you own a business. Mm. And they kind of look at you different, which is very flattering, but that does become who you are. Mm -hmm. And I never expected that to happen. And then with social media, you know, you're having to be out there more in front of it. And I like my personal life. I like, you know, anonymity a little bit. And so that was a huge thing learning with the stores. Like, oh, like, people are coming there to see you and to talk to you and they want to see you on social media and they they want that connection. So I think that was a massive part of, it still even sometimes shocks me when someone would be like, Oh, you own blocks and tell them like, Oh, I don't know you. It's, but it's always very flattering. Yes. Cause then because they've seen you on social media, the the tough part is they feel like they know you. Yes. And this is something that people struggle with, not just, you know, on to kind of us on a smaller level compared to like celebrities. Like I've had multiple conversations of, you know, you know, multi-million followed celebrities and people come up to them and they know everything about them, right? That's Which the tough part. So yeah, and we kind of have it on a much smaller sure. level, but I, same feeling. It's yeah. like people like, I, I listen to your podcast, I know you. I'm like, yeah. you have no idea who I am. Yeah. <laughs> you have no idea that I like. I come across as being very outgoing, but after I've done recording, I'm happy on my phone yeah, watching sure. TV yeah. alone with my dogs. Yeah, like, good to go. So, yeah, it's it's fascinating how all that works, but it is. the sad part is it's, it's part of business now, isn't it? Like it's, yeah. it's a very important part of having a brand and a business and you've got to be out there because that's where everybody's eyeballs are. Yeah. So you kind of have to lean into it and grow with it. Um, like I say, it's always a flattering thing. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, there's never been a, a, a bad thing. Right. Like, yeah, but it, that was one thing that was really shocking. And so it's like, okay, I've got it. I've got to now put myself out mm-hmm. there. So the pressure to do that, um, I, I, yeah, I just never expected that. And yeah. now it's more and more and more, of course, with social media. So yeah. it's a strange bird. It is definitely a strange bird. But last question, finishing up, okay. um, what do you want to do this year? What's kind of on the, mm. on, on the list that like, I don't know, if you could tick one thing off the list, what would it be? Work-related, personal, creative. 
all of the above. Oh, great. We've got six months left in this year, right? Seven? Yeah. Something like that. I know. we're, And it's weird because we're starting to plan for holidays and the pop-up shops. And that's happening very quick. Um, I think work-related. Like I said, I'm always trying to get the social media better on that. Um, You know, prepping for holidays is always a big feat. So we're kind of gearing, gearing up for that now. Um, Any vacations? I actually do have several trips planned. Where are you going? So in the next couple of months, doing some trips with my boyfriend, going to see his family, um, then going out to Virginia for a work thing for him, South Carolina for another family thing with him. We're planning a trip to Hawaii in February, but... I really want to start planning my next trip back to Egypt too. Mm-hmm. So I think for a personal thing, that would be yeah. the next thing. I've, I haven't started planning because I'm waiting for the gym to open up, which is the Grand Egyptian Museum. Yeah, and this is something that's been in the works for forever. I mean, everything I do in my life is centered around Egypt, pretty much. Yeah. Um, so they should be finishing up soon, but again, they're on their own time. Um, but getting excited for that, and mm-hmm. so I want to go back, do that. I want does, to do some does more. Does your beating. boyfriend share the love of Egypt and travel? He definitely loves travel. Um, Love of Egypt, no. Has never been and wants to, and he's been all over the world. So he's very excited to go. But, I mean, is he like, no, no. And that's fair. Not many people are. So it's, I get that. It's hard to be on your level of of, of love for Egypt. Yeah. But I'm like, oh, okay, I want to make, you know, like this a beaded Egyptian thing to wear at this location and do this one thing. And so my mind is very psycho when it comes to that sort of thing. So I've got some beading projects that I want to do. Can't wait to see them. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I'll have to send me some photos of those because now I'm kind of intrigued of of how extravagant these gold beaded it's incredible this is going to be yeah so. i will say um my favorite pair of shoes is this pair that has isis on the back and i will not say the brand right it's something like femme sans pure okay. it's i think brand. i don't really Fancy. know yeah. fsp world is their instagram okay. handles i know and um when i went to the met i had on this beautiful green dress i got from oak city vintage and then i made my gold egyptian collar i had these shoes on and they, they posted a picture of me in this. And Paris Hilton liked and commented on this photo. And my friends were blown Stop. away. And I'm like, yeah. oh, that's cool. But it, I don't know. I, but I was like, oh, that is kind of cool. Yeah. So Paris liked my necklace and my and outfit. It, and Isis, not Isis, right? Correct. We're talking about that. the Egyptian goddess, not yes. the terrorist group. Let's <laughs> I, be, I forget about that sometimes. Yeah, I don't have a uh, yeah. group of bad people on my shoes. I no, figured. it's a beautiful yeah. Egyptian goddess. Yes. Awesome. Whew, thank you for that reminder. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> like, I can just what? see the comments streaming in after that. <laughs> that one, interview so. took a wrong turn. <laughs> Wait a minute. Yeah. Uh, well, Rachel, this has been an absolute pleasure. Thank yeah. you so much for coming in, Thanks sharing some awesome stories. Um, People listening now know a lot more of who you are. Which probably is more than they wanted to know. Good thing and a bad thing, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Well, you'll probably have some cat conversations. <laughs> of uh, course. You'll have some Egyptian conversations yep. with people in the store. But for people listening, um, if they are unaware of your store, what is like the website, social media sure. that they can go check out the store displays and stuff like that? Yeah, so our website is blackcentilla.com. And black like the color, S is in Sam, C is in cat, I, and is in Nancy, T is in Tony, I-L-L-A.com. So silent C. Yes. I almost like skin to it. it. Yeah. It throws everybody off. Um, 
And then Instagram, Facebook handle is just Black Centella, super easy, mm-hmm. and open five days a week, Tuesday through Saturday, and we carry sizes for all, very size inclusive, and we always carry champagne on tap. Ooh. So if you're hearing this, come by and see us and say, hey, listen, give me that champagne. And yeah. you might be able to adopt a kitten, too. Might be. I know I've been having the itch to get another litter in there, <laughs> another so... One. Might happen. Well, thank you so much for this hour. It's been an absolute pleasure. For people listening, I'll post the links to Rachel's social media pages, and we will catch you next episode. Cheers. This podcast is presented by the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, telling Oklahoma stories through its people since 1927. Follow them online at OklahomaHOF.com and definitely on Instagram at OklahomaHOF. Thank you for listening. We are inspired by those around us and hope that you are too. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review so we can keep telling your stories. For more great Oklahoma content, follow This Is Oklahoma on Facebook and Instagram.